You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome to another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, your source and insight for local government technology. My name is Brendan Middleton, and today we're going to hear the story of how City of El Paso, Texas adjusted its approach to hotel tax compliance that resulted in the discovery and recovery of over $3 million in additional occupancy tax revenue. Our guest on the show today is Edmundo Calderon, Chief Internal Auditor for the City of El Paso. Welcome to the show, Edmundo. It's great to see you again. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Glad to be here. Awesome. So for those listening, short background here, but Amundo is bringing nearly 30 years experience as an auditor across diverse industries, including financial services, higher education, and and clearly local government. So before we get started, Amundo, I'd love for you to kind of set the stage and just provide a little bit, for our listeners at least, uh, an overview of the makeup of City of El Paso so we kind of understand what we're talking about today and, and really a little bit more about your role as the chief internal auditor for the city. Okay. Oh, let's see. I was hired in 2005, so I've been here going on 17 years, being the uh, chief internal auditor for the city slash city auditor. So I kind of do it all here for for the taxpayers of El Paso. My office here in El Paso, uh, we're independent. We're created that way by the city charter for the city of El Paso, which is kind of like the state constitution. Mm-hmm. For I mean the 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 city constitution for the for the city, so right. um, but they're known as city charters, the city talk, and um, in the city charter, my office is an independent function of city government. I have a dual reporting line. I actually report to the city council and to the city manager of El Paso. I'm one of the 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 few in the United States that has that kind of set up. So I have a dual reporting line. So it kind of helps me get my, my job done and pretty much everybody lets me do my thing and they just live on the results. Uh, we got about, we have a, li- a budget, an annual budget, a little over a billion dollars. Wow. We have over 6,000 employees and about 34 different city departments that I'm responsible for auditing. And one of the newest things I got, which about 2015, was to start looking at the hot tax for the city of El Paso. So I've transformed into a revenue auditor. I'm an internal auditor, so kind of wore a dual hat. That's perfect. And and that's a great segue, because what we're here to talk about today is hotel occupancy tax, obviously. So could you just give us a quick overview of like the makeup of the hotel community in El Paso, what it's like, how is it trending? And really like more specifically, as you get into that, what regarding tax collection, like what are the current tax levies on hotels? And as the auditor, like how do you go about ensuring compliance and administration of this revenue stream? Okay, right now here in the city of El Paso, depending on the hotel, so it it can vary by one or two hotels a year. But we have a uh, 107 hotels now here in the city of El Paso. We're uh, the interstate can dissects El Paso right through the middle, and we're at a halfway point between uh, Dallas or San Antonio mm-hmm. and Phoenix. So we're kind of right in the middle. So people that are traveling on I-10, they usually stop here for the night. 
because this is the, the midpoint. So I'll stop here. Um, our hotel tax is made up of, of two major components. First off, the normal hot tax that we use to promote tourism mm -hmm. and economic development in El Paso, that's 7%, 7% of the hotel room. Um, then in addition to that, we now have a 2% venue tax. About five years ago, Maso Menos, we built a big old giant AAA baseball stadium in downtown El Paso. And that is a 2% venue tax there. So that's a total of 9%. So just kind of high, but it, when you include the, the venue tax, it's pretty normal now sure. um, for a city our size. So we do that. Back in about, oh, I would say 2012, my office was given the responsibility for conducting these audits. We'll get more into that later, how that happened. And in 2015, we started our relationship with uh, with Avenue on helping us with the hot tax because it was getting pretty large project and I needed help. So the internal audit office, we audit the hotels and our office of the comptroller uh, actually is responsible for the uh, collection of the tax and, of course, the depositing of tax into the city treasury. Mm -hmm. so, that's how that works. Great, and that's kind of the basis for our conversation is you, you mentioned supporting 30 some odd departments, 6,000 employees, like you have a large responsibility as an internal auditing team to audit a lot of different things, very diverse. So we chatted before in our pre-show about how you began to address some of the inefficiencies and lack of bandwidth in your office to, to help ensure complete compliance and you sort of based on your initial audits in those early years you believe there was uncollected revenue out there that was not being remitted back to the city how did you address that could you explain the process you went through to determine like how you would meet that type of challenge well what happened in 2012 that's when we the the cfo at the time came to talk to me about hey i need some help can you help us with the hotel tax i want to start auditing the uh, hotels i said okay let me look at it. So we started looking at it and we figured out how well, we could do it. So we started auditing the, ho the hotels. But then what we found out is it would take us a couple of months, 60 to 90 days to audit a hotel completely based on how we were doing it, you know, yeah. for a hotel tax compliance. With the other departments that I have, the 6,000 employees, you know, I only have eight auditors. There's nine of us total. It was big. So I like how you use the word bandwidth. That, that's a pretty good analogy. But with me, it's capacity. And we, I just didn't have the capacity. You know, with a, over 100 hotels in El Paso, nine auditors, it's taking me 60 to 90 days to do an audit. Uh, you do the math. It, it would just be a full-time job for us every yeah. day. To, so I, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, we were lucky then because I would have to put it into my audit schedule for the year that would get approved by city council. Um, one hotel a year, maybe two. Wow. So that would take us, do the math, take us 50 years to do just a whole series of hotels. And I'm going to, I've already been here 17. I'm not doing 50 more. Okay. I got things I want to do. And this is doing hotel audits. Wasn't my thing. 
So in addition to that, we had the, the collection uh, of, of the uh, of the hotels. And what we were finding now is that we had the hotels on the basically on the honor system. We would send them a bill. Our comptroller's office would send them a, the form asking them, fill it out and send it back to us with your check. And they would, the hotels would, but we had no confirmation to know if it was true or not. There was no trust and verify in the in the process. So we were using the numbers uh, deposited with the state, with the state comptrollers, the state of Texas. And that was what the comptrollers was using that as a check figure. Okay, well, they, again, we were on the honor system. And so we decided to look into things. So we ended up getting a new city manager right around 2014, 2014, 2014. Early part of 2015, I'm just, you know, beating on his desk, telling him, I need some help. I need to do this. And he goes, well, how are you doing it? And I told him how we were doing it. He goes, well, why don't you have a, a, a service where I came from before we used uh, outside companies to help? And I says, well, now you're talking my language. So we put an RFP together and, um, well, actually it was an RFQ. No, an RFP, uh, wait, RFQ, qualifications. We were looking at dollars. I was looking at skills. So we put an RFQ out, and that's how my relationship began, began with the Avenue, based on that that first one, that first RFQ. And we've been hitting it hard ever since. You've already heard our story. Yeah. In six years, we've increased uh, collections, not only with the audit results, but also with the delinquency identification. We've added an extra $3 million to the city treasury to That's help different, different activities. Yeah, so I'd love to dive one layer deeper here and talk about how we got how we get from 50 years to five years, because I want you to touch on that, how you oh. how auditing, but the, the process really like this. Get, let's get into the weeds just a little bit for just a second. Like I like to discuss both solutions if, if we have a moment here, like the audit component first, like could you walk us through the process that Avenue takes when auditing the hotels in El Paso, maybe frequency? Like, what's the, how do they go about doing that? Okay, first off, Brennan, what we did, and I like to tell people this, I tell all my counterparts, all the other city auditors I talked to, we didn't outsource this. This is not an outsource. We didn't, and, and that was my, my, my plan of attack, as you might say. We co-sourced it, okay, right. which is a whole different term, right? Not mm -hmm. outsource it, we co-sourced it. So we partnered up with Avenue. So what we do on the audit side, because we got the audit side and we got the collection side. Uh, on the audit side, we started looking at the hotels. So I actually do the risk assessment for the hotels. We determine which hotels are high risk, which ones should be reviewed. Mm -hmm. We start seeing indications, maybe they're, some issues over here we need to take care of, we'll put them on there. So we do the risk assessment here and every year, the plan I've, I've put together is we do 20 hotels a year. That guarantees me that every hotel in the city of El Paso will be visited at least once every five years for our hotel audit, for a hot audit. And guess what? The, the Hotel Motel Association in El Paso, they're okay with it. They were fine with it because they saw how fair it was. And yep. so I pick them. 
I'm going to tell you, I pick which 20 hotels. My staff helped me out with a, with a risk assessment. We go through our, our selection process. We select the 20 hotels. Then we send that over to the Avenue staff and they begin uh, putting their stuff together. And then we send out the notification letters to the 20 hotels for that year. Uh, and we call them rounds. So we've already done six rounds. We should cut them by year, but I like rounds. So um, we've done that. So Avenue creates, we send them the notification letters. I put it on my letterhead and we mail them out to the hotel, let them know, hey, you've been selected for an audit. Be aware that you're gonna be contacted from Avenue. There are representatives. We ask you to cooperate with them 100%. And if you have any questions, here's my number and call me, me, director, sure. not my staff, the hotel owner or managing partner or the local manager will call me. Not all the time, but I, I have gotten some calls. And then while this is working, Avenue is working on the other side, coordinating the, the site visit. So we work with Avenue to find that perfect week. You know, that's what we call it, the perfect week. And we find that perfect week when Avenue will send in their team varies by auditor that Avenue sends me. They can send me three, four, five auditors, depending on what they feel they need. And yeah. they'll be here for a week. They set up at a local hotel and we attack. I mean, we go after, they go after, meet, meet the point. They make their appointments with the uh, hotels and everything gets done in a week. Sometimes it might go over a day or two. It might, it's yeah. rare, but it's happened because of whatever, you know, documentation or it's in a storage shed and they got to get the documentation, but it right. gets done pretty much in a week to 10 days. Let's just put it that way. And then Avenue does the, the data crunching back at their place. Your auditors go in and do it. They crunch the data. They come up with uh, any deficiencies they find or they tell me which hotels are doing really, really well in meeting their compliance. So when I get the final report from Avenue, I get the, the hotels that are A plus that are doing their job. They're fully compliant. There's no exceptions. Okay. And then I get the list of the hotels that they might owe a little additional hot tax based on whatever the Avenue auditors find out. And then we put the letters together and notify the hotel. And then That's we help with the building and then we get into the collection side of the house. Wonderful. So now you're touching every hotel in El Paso at least once every five years versus your staff doing it one a, one a year or maybe one and a half a year, which is phenomenal. Um, so I'm interested to know also on the flip side, like the administration piece, like what, what are some of the benefits of like you mentioned the comptroller was doing the administration component, but now Avenue is sort of bundled both together. What are some of the benefits of combining the audit function with the administration and remittance of this, this type of revenue? And maybe explain that process a little bit. Okay, the admin side of the house the ended up being the diamond and the rough. I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen there, but we signed up for administrative services with Avenue. I talked to our CFO. By that time, I'm on the, on the new CFO, okay? I've been here so right. long, I'm, I'm on my fourth CFO now, okay? So 
UCFO comes in, we start talking about it. Avenue, when they presented the uh, the request for qualifications, they actually included the admin part of it. So I talked to the uh, CFO at the time and said, look at this service. What do you think of it? And basically what the service was on the admin side was Avenue builds it, they collect it, and then they deposit it into our account, into our bank account. They actually do about wire transfer. And for the sake of, of keeping everything honest, I'll just put it this way. The amount that we pay Avenue for this service, I could not hire an employee. The wow. service is so economically priced. I mean, it's I'm not getting cheap service. I think I'm getting very good service, but the service I'm getting, man, well, what I'm paying, I should maybe I shouldn't even be telling you guys, but you guys have held the price for me all these years. Yeah. I get I get a lot of service for the money. And what really helped us in the admin side of the house, yes, the the building it, the the collecting it, you know, getting the money in and then depositing it into the city account. Yeah, that was that was great. But I, the diamond that I'm, I think we talked about it was the delinquency. Yeah, and I that's that. a component we were missing because Avenue, the staff at Avenue could then tell me, and they send me reports every month. Here are the following hotels have not paid. Although Avenue could not send delinquency notices, that's not in their scope of work, but that's fine. That's in our scope of work. Yeah. So I could notify the comptroller's office uh, because since I'm the city auditor, I'm not allowed to touch cash. Okay, so I, I, I can't own, I cannot touch any cash. That's an independence issue with me. So our comptroller's office, they will then begin the collection activity with the hotel, sending out the notices. Hey, you're past due, you're past due. If it gets to the point that they uh, the hotel hasn't paid, we have a process already set up with uh, our city attorney's office. They will send out demand letters to the hotel. If that doesn't work, we go to the stage three, what I like to call the different stages. The city has a private law firm that we use to help us collect property taxes, and they help us collect uh uh, franchise fee taxes. It's like a, actually, the law firm's more of a collection agency, but they're a law firm. And we uh, increase their ability, we change their ability based on, a, on a, an amendment to their contract to help us with a hot tax. So by the time it gets to stage three with the outside law firm, because then it gets pretty hot and heavy in the collection activity, uh, they go and collect it for us. And, and of course, we have to pay the, the attorneys, but that's a whole different separate issue. But the, the beauty of it is we didn't really have that component before we started with Avenue uh, because Avenue does a, an excellent job. And, and I've told your CEO that, yes, your auditors are awesome. Yes, your administration people are awesome. But where we find the value is that when they tell us which hotels the link and then, and then, if you know, if you've ever been involved with collecting accounts receivable, you know, the, the, the best time to get on accounts receivable is early. Yeah. You know, the older they get, the harder they are to collect. So that's the beauty. 
Avenue lets us know early and we can get on it early. And we've been very, very successful in that. So I'm telling you, so part of the 3 million that we've collected in the six years, a big chunk of it is from the delinquency side of the house. That's outstanding. So in, insight into the data is so powerful. That's why data is so powerful and the timeliness of it allows you to get on the accounts receivable quickly so they do not go, go stale. Um, it almost seems like sort of risk-free approach to compliance and collection of these types of taxes. But I'm also curious if you, through all of this process, like have you found certain reasons that have led some of these hotels to be non-compliant? And, and the reason why I'm asking is I think it might be helpful for other government leaders that you know have an honor system or may have never done these types of audits before that are listening to this that, that may be that may not be aware of potential non-compliance like what are some considerations that you found well the big one right now is covid the pandemic yeah. a lot of the hotels struggled i know i talked to a lot of the hotel owners the managing partner directors whatever whatever title they had during covid they were having a hard time they were struggling financially to make ends meet and you know um stays were down people you know customers were not coming in and that was a big big problem back then well it still is but not as much anymore because the economy is bouncing back but during the time we did have some problems with uh getting some of the hotels to pay they you know they did pay it you know we didn't we didn't shut anybody down but that yeah. was because we got on them early and we got it so COVID had a big thing to do with it um you know because a lot of times El Paso is a big economic shopping community if you ever look at us on the map we're at the northern tip of Mexico and we get a lot of Mexican shoppers that come to El Paso to shop a lot I mean especially right now this time of year for the holidays they've opened up the border so we're starting to see that but during the pandemic the borders were shut down so it it, it really really gave gave them a shot in the stomach you know they were they were just like oh man yeah. it's just hard but we're getting past it excellent so with that i'd like to sort of wrap it up if you don't mind with with some key takeaways like how, you, you you evaluated you know the current state in which you were auditing you found out that there potentially were inefficiencies you moved to a partnership you know and it, uh, you called it a not an outsource but a, an in-source a co-source a co-source co like what what would be some of the key takeaways that you would leave you know some of the local government leaders that are listening to this around just auditing and administration of these types of tax revenue Okay, this whole process was new to me. Okay, this is something I had never done. Okay, yeah. you know, uh, usually all my audit work, I do the audit work. Okay, that's what I'm trained for. Mm -hmm. That's what my profession is. That's what I do. But I had to, I had a really good friend of mine with the city of Dallas, and he's the one that told me, he says, dude, you're fighting a battle. You need all the, all the soldiers you can get. Mm -hmm. get. Get these guys to help you get more soldiers on the ground more boots on the ground and that's what we did so uh we looked at the cost of the service that we were paying avenue versus the cost of hiring and training an employee and it it, it was a no-brainer i mean the service i was paying for the cost of auditing a hotel you know and i 
don't want to give out any any confidential information, but who's ever listening, look at the cost of auditing a hotel per hotel versus the cost of using your auditors to do it. It, yeah. it it's it's a slam dunk. It's victory all the way around. And that's what we started doing. And when I look at the cost of, of auditing 20 hotels a year for what I'm getting charged to do it and the payback I'm getting, you might, the, the ROI, the return on investment, it's tremendous. It's huge. It's, it's a, it's a win-win. And I cannot emphasize that for any other city leader that might be listening. You, you got to look at it. You know, it makes me look good. I mean, I'm I'm the big hero in El Paso because I'm I'm helping the taxpayer. You know, we're getting more revenue in, and it helps the tax burden on on the local taxpayer. So it's been a good program. I'm very very happy, and I'm very very proud of it. How we did it took a lot of work, six sure. years worth of work, but we got it done. And three million is a big number. I'm I'm curious. Right before we wrap here. Are there any special projects or anything the city has been able to do that you know of that has has been a, a cost benefit or a benefit off of the collection of this type of revenue? I talked earlier about the baseball stadium. Yeah. Part of the the debt of paying for the construction of the baseball stadium is that 2% venue tax. So by us making sure we're getting our tax, we're able to make the payments on the stadium. And we're on track of hopefully getting that thing paid off a little bit early. And but more important, we're getting the payments in on time. Sure. Because the the these audits really have helped us do that. And then plus the other side, when when you look at the purpose of the hot tax, what it's used for, some people call it the bed tax. You know, it, it's used, especially here in Texas, we use it to promote tourism and economic development. So you know, I can't tell you exactly where every dollar went. Yeah, I'm I'm just in charge of finding it and making sure it comes in, and yeah. I'm not in charge of spending it. But I know our economic development department and our tourism department they do, you know, do their thing on promoting and and keep cycling the money and get people to come visit El Paso. That's great. That's great. Well, look, Emmanuel, thanks so much for jumping on. I really appreciate your insight, telling us your story, giving us some feedback and key considerations. I really appreciate it. Um, for all those listening, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Local Government Insights Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate all the feedback that you guys give and, and really welcome other government leaders to help share success stories similar to the one you heard today. And as you know, you can reach us at succeed at avenueinsights.com. Please stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come. We really look forward to having you join us next time. Thanks again, Amunda. You're welcome. You've been listening to Local Government Insights, modernizing government leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.